1978 film Grease has often been criticized as being a nostalgia hype film of the 1950s, and I'm not saying it isn't, but I do think it's smarter than that. And in reading reviews from like Pauline Kael and Roger Ebert, they just seem to think that the movie is fine, but its charm and its clumsiness is part of its flaws. And look, I'm not saying this is a great movie. I don't think it's one of the great films. I don't even think it's one of the great musicals. I just think it's good and it deserves a little bit more credit than what we give it. The songs are earwiggy and the pop is undeniable, but at the same time, I do think it's stuck around in the zeitgeist for more than just John Travolta's performance and pure nostalgia. I think Grease is worth your time. Maybe you don't have to go back to it all the time, but it's worth your time now. Or at least listening to us is. Welcome, everybody, to A Gentleman's Guide to Rom-Coms. I'm your host, Ryan Graves, and I'm joined by my best friend. Pip-Pip, cheerio, and Kelly Song. <laughs> and he's turned into Dick Van Dyke from Mary Poppins. Well... You, you just you brought us in with such an Ira Glass kind of radio voice. I was just like, "What's going to make this fancy?" And then <laughs> a couple of pips usually do it for me. Yep. Speaking of the pips, I wanted to ask you about some music from the film today. Ah, we did Grease. Mm-hmm. Um, so the last song we go together. We go together like bang the bang. That one. Yeah. So they say. We're one of a kind, like dip da dip da dip do wop da dooby do. Yeah, sure. Do I not wait. Hold on. Do you not under wait? Go ahead and ask your question. Is that one of a kind? Yeah. So let me tell you about the dip to dip. <laughs> no, I don't know. We asked this question when we were in the play too. Like, okay. <laughs> their names are signed boogity 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 shooby do wop shebop. Why would they sign their names with that? Because Ryan, get this. Greece preceded the Scatman. <gasps> they invented the Scatman. They invented man. the Scatman. I'm a Scatman. And so, like this, this whole movie was a very underground look at jazz. You didn't get it at first, but it really. I mean, if you look, if you look at it, duty, mm-hmm. duty is just a jazz term for man. Your your set sucked. They're like, oh man, that was duty. Well, they do say that we're for each other, like wop baba doolop, but wop bam boom. Those do go together. Yeah, those those go together. But also, that was that was more about how like the doo-wop generation was uh, was like bringing together the Zappa era. It was like right. it was like the bridge to the Zappa. That's era, right, right. And okay. I, I just think the last one is they say just like my brother is sha na 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 yippity dip da doom chang chang chanity chang shabop. Okay, well that one they were actually just all very high. Oh, so, okay. Yeah, I don't know. They <laughs> I, were I stoned no on peyote. Okay, man, what a hard song to learn. Oh my gosh, I so I learned that song. Um, <laughs> rehearsals for Greece were grueling because. Mm-hmm. Uh, Imagine you're singing all that, but you're also dancing. Yeah. <laughs> Who are you, who'd you play? Uh, so I was a background character. <laughs> well, you had the you had the T-Birds, right? Yeah. 
I also wore a T-Bird jacket. Me and like three other guys also wore one. And so we we're always like flashing in the background. Yeah. I was technically called Jack in the script. <laughs> um, but it's kind of like, who are you? Oh, I'm the cactus at the at Jesus's birth. I play the I play the bird. <laughs> I mean, I had a couple lines and I, I I did a lot of dancing and singing and jumping over cars and stuff. But I wasn't like Nobody named me in the play, and so I always felt like um, nobody. Aww. No, that's okay. I was on. I was on stage for every song. It was. You were doing the grease lightning. Grease lightning. You were asking if she had a friend, or maybe not personally you, but no, you that were was with Sunny. Them. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Sunny, Ryan, I just want to ask you to guess at a couple of the actors' ages in this movie before we begin. Okay. John Travolta. 24. 23. Great job. Oh, all right. All right. Olivia Newton-John. 21. 29. 29? 29. Stockard Channing. 33. Yes. <laughs> Wait, how did you guess that? Well, I always knew that Stockard Channing was like, that was like one of the listicles that you always see on those oh, yeah, feet yeah, of totally. like, actors who are totally not their age, Stockard Channing always gets listed. I mean, you can tell. Like, not in a bad way, but it's just like, she looks like she's been through some shit. She looks like she smoked more cigarettes than the rest it of the It totally people fits. Here. It totally fits. But I, I'm glad. You got to feel her pride of like, hell yeah, I'm playing a high schooler. Suck it, <laughs> 33 everybody. 33 years old playing an 18-year-old. That is chops. Um, <laughs> let's see. Hold on. Rachel McAdams was 27 when she played an 18-year-old. Mm-hmm. Or 17-year-old in mm-hmm. Mean Girls. All right. I'm, I'm just going to ask you one more person. Michael Tucci as Sonny. Oh, that guy looked like 47. <laughs> I'm not saying 47. He was 31, but, it, but he looked 47 yeah. for sure. He was like, hey, kids, how's <laughs> how's high school and stuff? <laughs> Hello, fellow kids. Uh, did you ever figure out how old Kaniki was? 26. 26. Okay. Yeah, he looks good. The Kaniki's um, rival, he looked 92. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Scars. I don't know how old he was, but definitely. <laughs> um, the Scorpions guy. Yeah. So... I I think it's very different than today's films like uh, about high schoolers. Anyway, I think they're gearing more towards high school aged actors, which I think is sometimes a smart choice. And sometimes I like seeing somebody with more acting chops in there because it really, it brings a gravitas to a role that your 17 year olds don't sometimes have. Yeah. The West side story that's by Steven Spielberg Maria is played by an 18-year-old girl, yep, and right. she's incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, and Ansel Elgort is 26, 7, mm-hmm. 8, somewhere up there. But I can't remember how old his character is. He's just a little bit older than Maria. I don't know, man. They're all just sharks and jets. Those kids don't go to school. When you're, just, jet, you're jet all the way. They're just out there <laughs> living in the streets. Yeah, you know, we got that New York air yeah. aging that skin up, so anything hey, passes. Okay, speaking of high schoolers, really quick, can I ask you a question? No. Oh. No, ask away. Am I snob? Mmm, snobby? Or are you a knob? Yes, one of the two. I was at the pool today. I went to a neighborhood pool. My daughter got in for free. I got in for $8, which is more expensive than pools were when I was a kid. <laughs> I don't remember paying to get into pools. Well, it's because your parents did. Oh. <laughs> but we go to this pool. We're having a great time, right? There's very few people there for a hot day. We're very excited about this place. And we're in there. And at one point in time, 
Elwyn's having a great time with me just popping up above the water. I'm mm-hmm. just like, woo And then one point, I'm like, I'm going to hold my breath. And so I say, I'm going to hold my breath. And I go down. And I hold my breath down there for a while because that's one of my favorite games. See how long I can hold my breath. They have one of those clocks where the second hand moves really smoothly around the clock. So you can just like oh. look up. It's very good. And so I do this. And I come out like 30 seconds later. And I get whistled at by... <laughs> By the lifeguard, who's like this 15-year-old kid. And he was like, hey, don't do that. I I didn't think he was yelling at me because I was like just hanging out with my daughter. And then Mm -hmm. he like whistles again, points at me, and is like, hey, don't. And I was like, me? And he was like, yeah, you. And I was like, what'd I do? And he was like, you know what you did. And I was like, what? And so I like got out of the pool. I was very calm. And I just walked up. I was like, hey, just so I know what not to do, what did I do? And he was like, you looked like you were drowning. <laughs> and he's like, we don't we don't allow that here. And I was like, oh, I was just holding my breath. And he's like, well, yeah, don't. <laughs> and I was like, OK. Aww. I was like, well, is there a way I can hold my breath that would make you think I wasn't drowning? Like if I was I, I even I was like, I, I can sit on the bottom of a pool. You know, I was like, this is just, you know, what I do for it's fun at do. pools. I like to see how long I can hold my breath. And. And I can hold a thumbs up. I was just like, <laughs> is there anything? And he's like, he just wouldn't look me in the eye. And he's like, no, man, we don't, we don't allow holding breath at the pool. <laughs> and I was just like, cool. I said, cool. And then I just got back in the pool and went and hung out with my baby for like 10 more minutes. And then we left. Mm. But I was just like, am I in the wrong here? <laughs> like, I, I. I wasn't going to make a stink of it because I was just having a good day with my kid and it wasn't a big deal, but like this kid was like on a power trip and I get it. I get it. Being a teenage worker when like your main job is making sure people don't drown Mm -hmm. is tough. It's got to suck when you think somebody's drowning and then they're not. And then that just makes your day a whole lot better. Right. Mm -hmm. But still, was I being a snob or knob? You weren't being a snob. But you were being a bit of a knob to just, like, just just let the kid be the lifeguard. I didn't know what I was doing wrong. I had to go figure it out. Otherwise- no, 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 that's fine. It's fine. But I think you knew pretty quickly that he wasn't going to waver, no matter what, what you suggested to him. I wanted to push him in the pool really yeah. bad. <laughs> I think he, he had his mind set. He is, he's not going to nudge on this He issue. didn't even look me in the eye. He was, like, waiting for me to yell at him. I think and he I was, was like- an up, too. But, but I also understand his anxiety because that's the one job is to make sure people don't look like they're drowning in the pool so yeah. how am i supposed to like but hold i've my seen breath plenty of people play this game and it's always freaks me out why do you people do it you scare the crap out of me wait when you do play not this game. do not like have a tea party on the bottom of the pool what's so freaky about oh, the that? tea party's fine it's the but that's the same thing oh no but there i had friends who would do this thing where they would like they would do that marine thing where they would like lock their body up and like float to the bottom and then hold their breath and look completely lifeless and like their goal is to go minutes upon minutes of holding their breath down there that freaks me out cuz i'm like no honestly are you dead i can't tell and so tea party is one thing were you having a tea party or were you doing the marine thing where you're like watch me play dead down underwater no, i was literally like a foot away from robin and our baby with mm-hmm. my head just under the water like like up straight up up and down like a, a floating body i did not look like <laughs> yeah um it's fine i i get both of your sides if i had to judge um you're both being a bit of a knob okay fine but 
I'm I'm making him a nub too, so I hope that helps you helps you feel better. No, tell me a story. <laughs> tell me a story, Turk. Let me tell you a story about love, D'Artagnan. Ask about love. Probably quote me a sonnet. I'm not much more than an interpreter, and not very good at telling stories. That's the end. What do you mean that's the end? That's not. It's the beginning of something interesting. Listen, that's the end of that saga. The end. The opening of this movie is pretty sharp. Oh yeah, it's very seventies too. Like the the opening song is very seventies, but mm-hmm. it's a movie about like nineteen fifty five, maybe fifty six, fifty seven. The blob, like the blob was coming out, so I think it's fifty eight. Yeah, this movie set. Okay, um, and I love it when the song comes on the radio. They don't play this song on the radio anymore. But I'm like, come on, throw some seventies tunes on there. <laughs> it's very seventies. They never do it. Um, yeah, there's a great cartoon that's like in the style of Mad Magazine. Yeah, yeah, totally. It's a lot of fun. We meet all these characters. It's for the kids. Wait, we don't get the cartoon first. We get the intro first where we meet Danny Zuko. Sandy! In Sandy, Australia. Yeah. What happened to the Danny Zuko I met at the beach? Oh, um, that's right. Wait, we don't, what is Sandy what? I guess Sandy, Australia. Sandra D. <laughs> yeah, look at her. Um, they're on the beach and they're having a very 1950s, it's, it's so good because it's self. It knows itself. It is. This movie really knows what it's doing. But it's like, come on, you like it? They like these two are falling in love. They're on the beach. They're mending. Good. They're like a kissing, and then John Travolta's just hamming it up twenty four like, seven. Hey, babe, don't worry. Whoa. And um, sorry, that was Jerry Lawrence there. <clears throat> and then they say goodbye, and she's like, "Is this the end?" He's like, "No way, baby. It's just the beginning. Don't even worry about it." And granted, this is speaking of the seventies and disco. This is a mere year after Saturday Night Fever. Yeah, where John Travolta danced a storm. Yeah, totally. If you haven't seen that movie, go watch it. It's intense. But yeah, it's really good. Uh, so we meet the rest of the high school crowd. Uh, so, uh, Danny Zuko, John Travolta, mm-hmm. and I can't help but enjoy John Travolta in this movie. I can't help enjoy him in most movies. I think the guy knows what he's doing and is a good actor. Mm-hmm. I really like him. Yeah, I like I like his charisma. Me too. Mm-hmm. And I think he he knows he's hamming it up. He's like mm-hmm. they're throwing a hundred percent of that fifties look into him, but it knows it. Yeah, yeah. It's very self aware. Uh, meet Danny Zuko. He's part of the. Th- Thunderbirds, T-Birds, T-Birds. T-Birds. They all wear leather jackets. They all look like Fonzie. You got him. You got Kanicki. Okay, what is it? Huh? What's with you tonight? You got the personality of a wet mop. You got Sonny. Jeez, every teacher I got this year has flunked me at least once. You got Duty. And if you don't watch it, you're going to be spending all your time in McGee's office. You got Patsy. Well, the only thing that hangs around you, Sonny, are the flies. <laughs> That's all the T-Birds. That's, there's someone else. There's like one no, other no. guy. There's like one. No, there's five of them. Yeah, okay. And on the other side. Then we got the pink ladies. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a cocktail, right? Pink lady? Uh, maybe. Pink martini? No. It's a band. <laughs> uh, so we've got Stalker Channing. Mm-hmm. He's 33. Rizzo. Hi, Sandy. Well, hi, Riz. Hi, girls. We got a surprise for you. And they got Didi Khan as Frenchie. Hey, you guys. <laughs> hi, Frenchie. Hi, Frenchie. You got Dinah Maroff as Marty. Hopefully devoted to each and everyone. And, and who's the last one? Uh, Sandy. Jamie Donnelly is Jan. Um, and then Sandy oh, yeah. eventually. But like, they're all kind of playing types. Yeah. Like Rizzo is like the the hard bitten 
like super self confident, sexy, the been around the block kind of lady. What's going on. And like Frenchie's kind of the the ditz who doesn't know like you know where to go, but she's so sweet. Mm-hmm. And then Marty is your <laughs> sex bunny, kind of. She's got a man in every mm-hmm. port. Yeah, and she's, but she's also like kind of innocent at the same time yeah. in a weird way. She's an innocent flirt. And then she's Jan, flirt. Jan is fat. <laughs> according to this movie Jan, Jan's fun Jan is the fun friend um, I should not say that <laughs> where I'm like no she's not fat she's she's fun well she's not fat but she she's really pretty I don't know she, why the movie says that the, yeah the movie makes her up to be like the goofy quote unquote 1950s fat one and I I don't know if the movie's self aware about it or not yet in the 70s but it's um, I don't know it's, gun it's, to your head yeah oh, I'm not, no. I'm not asking <laughs> Ryan, why did, you, why did you bring an elephant gun into this room? That's I'm not, huge. I didn't even know how you got it in here. I'm not asking who you fell in love with, per se. Yeah. But I'm asking, of the pink ladies, excluding Sandra D, Sandra D uh-huh. who are you asking out on a date? Not who you're falling in love with, but who who of them you want to go to the, the milkshake shack uh, to? Jan. Jan? 100%. Wait, which one's Jan? Jan's the fun one. Man, I get so lost. Jan, Jan is the one with the the pigtails who is super fun. She goes with Potsy. Okay. Um, she's she's the one who who like is counting calories. Right, 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 right. right, right, right. What about you? Um. Oh, Frenchie. Oh yeah, Frenchie's my second choice. Oh for man, sure. yeah. right away. Yeah, I'm asking Frenchie's Frenchie great. out. She seems nice and fun. Yeah, I like her too. But yeah. is that who I'd fall in love with? You'll have to wait. Whoa. So you got these two separate groups, mm-hmm. and they're going to high school. And high school, it's so 1950s, man. They're knocking books out of nerds' hands because fuck you, nerds. The T-Birds are kind of dicks. Yeah, everybody's kind of dicks, especially to that one nerdy guy. Oh, just like, Eugene. You poindexter. <laughs> yeah, Eugene. And then um, like, there's other stuff going on. People are throwing stuff in class. And the ulterior characters in the high school are so fun in this movie mm-hmm. the like the lady who makes the announcements who's kind of like the principal or vice principal yeah and i like the principal if you can't be an athlete be an athletic supporter yeah i don't know like the the lady who runs like the mechanic shop yeah she's great that's totally like someone i that's something i can see sarah doing for herself she's like like when she's gonna, older yeah i'm just gonna run a car garage now yeah i'm I, sick of this shit just, i like it's just a fun high school and it's it's, it's like really turning the saturation up on the 1950s. Yeah, and what's great is like we meet them and meet meet this world, and it's like whoa, 1950s. It feels really heavy handed. But then uh, Zuko starts talking to Kaniki, mm-hmm. and the movie settles. Yeah, it's like all right, here's the sweet spot. Yeah, because Kaniki's like a real character, and Zuko's mm-hmm. a real character, and I feel like the other three are just kind of there as chorus yeah they're kind of they're kind of goofs yeah like i especially sunny and potsy and then duty is just kind of like he's like the sweet one yeah kind of but i i liked i got who kaniki was and i got yeah. who zuko was for just sure from these interactions and you got that they're like close friends i really like the male relationships in this movie because yeah. it gets at like the how hard it is for men specifically of that generation oh, yeah. to be vulnerable with each other at all. Yeah. Like, cause there's multiple times where they like get close and they like almost hug and they're like, yeah. Oh yeah. Huh? <laughs> mm, I love you. Yeah. Uh, that was hard to say, but I did it. And 
you know, I go back to like when we were looking at Sixteen Candles and watching how Anthony Michael Hall was behaving. Mm-hmm. He's certainly not emulating anyone here either. Uh, but you can tell that the fifties male role models is basically whatever Marlon Brand is up to during sure. the day. Or yeah, James which Dean. he was also riding like motorcycles at the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then that was the cool that everyone had. Leather, leather jackets, riding a motorcycle, mm-hmm. being cool, wearing Levi's, having Converse Not in their Not caring feet, about things. Being like, whatever. Yeah. But, and it, it's just Danny, that's Danny Zuko's thing throughout this whole movie. Right. It's that he's trying to emulate a thing for his boys, for himself, but it's fake. Yeah. And like, there's, like, I think it's most exemplified in his laugh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it's really good. Mm-hmm. He just he's just kind of like I think he's the coolest of the group. Yeah. For sure. He's the coolest. He doesn't step down. He always tells people when they're not being cool. Mm-hmm. And then he starts telling about his summer. And we get one of the most famous songs. Like these are all like pop hits mm-hmm. at the time, but um Summer Lovin' yeah. comes on stage. Summer Lovin's great because then Sandy is talking to her new friends, the Pink Ladies. And she's were... going to the school too. Mm-hmm. Oh. oh my gosh. I thought you were moving to Australia. <laughs> um, and she's telling them about her summer and she met this boy. And this move, this is when the movie gets sexy. Mm-hmm. Like this movie really doesn't back down from being like... Like these are sexual metaphors. <laughs> yeah. If you go, if you don't get it. And the choreography is incredible. Yeah, man, just like all of like all the guys are dancing on the uh, the bleachers, mm-hmm. and the girls are like in the lunch area, yeah. and it's just like a, a call and response kind of thing is hard to choreograph but i think with the right choruses you make it work yeah yeah and so they do and basically danny zuko is like yeah we got down like we we totally did it totally and then on the other side of things um she's like yeah we like held hands it was so nice (laughs) we were out till 10 once oh my gosh and then like, but at the end, I like how it brings them together in this crossfade shot. Yeah. And Danny Zuko is like just looking off and he's just singing about how he was in love with her. Mm-hmm. And like Nikki kind of grocks this and he's like, okay, okay, cool. I see that you like this girl and whatever. Mm-hmm. And that's it. I really like how John Travolta sings because he does this last note where he's like, like, oh yeah, John Travolta, <laughs> really serenade good. me. It's really, really good, um, and that's what I love about this movie. It's just like I don't know, like he's going high, yeah, right. I don't know. That's good. So he um, thinks she's lost and gone forever, yeah, and she thinks. I don't know how she has not put two and two together that she's going to the high school in the town that she spent all summer in. Does she not realize that it's very probable that she's going to run into this Danny guy? And when is she going to so. let Danny know that she's not leaving for Australia? Well, she's the reason why they broke up. The way I read this is they spent all summer at the beach, right? Yeah. It's like his, I think his family went and like stayed out at the coast or all something. All summer. And then she did too. I guess. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Couldn't write him and say, hey, change of plans. I'm going to be around. Do you want to get together next Saturday? I think this is also on John Travolta <laughs> not saying, this is where I go to high school. <laughs> right. Well, like, it seems like they, they spent most of their time talking, but they yeah. didn't really tell each other much. Mm. 
<laughs> so they they go to this um, this teenage festival where they burn a football player in effigy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, when we meet Art Carney, the uh, the football coach, he's great. He's, he's also like, we're gonna kill him and we're gonna mash him up and we're gonna rub that. He's also the sports ambassador later. He's got a lot of jobs. Yeah. Um, which. Is actually the same as in uh, Ten Things, where the soccer coach also teaches like five different oh, right. other physical yeah. courses. I mean, that's that's my high school. I totally had that vibe where it's like we had two high school teachers, and they between the two of them coached everything. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. We, we had we had a lot of different coaches. I loved being in the football coach's PE because he's like. I'm gonna go work on plays. You guys just do whatever you want. We're like sweet free period. <laughs> Well, here we get that John Travolta, basically Stalker Channing is being a B, and she's like, she used to have a thing with Danny Zuko, mm-hmm. and so she's going to introduce Sandy to Danny Zuko, because she knows that they're at the same school. Mm-hmm. She does it. It's a, it's a trap. It's a trap. It's a trap. And at first, he's so excited to see her, and then he has to act cool in front of his dude, so he's like, whatever. And the, he puts on a mask. Yeah. Like, he's so super genuine at first. He's like, ah, I thought I thought you left. What yeah. happened? My Sandy! <laughs> but then, she, like, calls him out immediately, and is like, you son of a bitch. Yeah. You're, you were different this summer. She, <laughs> that's a nice Australian accent. Well, I, she, half the time I couldn't tell that she was Australian. <laughs> she kind of, she kind of overreacts, but also doesn't really overreact. Like I think yeah. it's appropriate in I, the grand scheme of things. I think it's pretty appropriate. And then she, then they're like, "Let's go have a sleepover." Mm-hmm. So they, they have the "Look at Me" at Sandra D song. Yes, yeah. I, I always liked that song when I was in the pit because I played. I, I was in Greece as I played the drummer. Mm-hmm. In Greece, mm-hmm. so I liked that one. I remember the drummer. Great part. Mm-hmm. Great part. Lots of good parts there. And then the boys come over, and there's this moment where she, like, the boys come over, and they're like, "Hey, what's up?" And then Rizzo's like, "Hey, I'm gonna go hook up with Kaniki." And then Danny Zuko's like, "I'm mad. I'm gonna go." But after this scene where Sandy's feeling a bunch of stuff that doesn't really matter, she's just hanging out with the girls, and she gets her feelings hurt at one point in time but it doesn't matter mm-hmm. and then dd Khan tries to pierce her ear and she throws up but it doesn't matter none of the stuff <laughs> comes back it's just a whole bunch of like hijinks yeah and then sandy goes in the backyard and she sings a song about how she just loves danny zuko and can't get over him it's nothing else for me to do i'm hopelessly devoted to you and I love this. I love it's a good time for this song, but I really wish that like like they could have seen each other through the window when she's up in that room and like connected and she right. like her heart could have start, started thumping again. Right. Because that would she be was good. she was just mad at him and then she's hanging out with these girls and then she goes in the backyard and she's like, oh, "I love Danny Zuko." And I'm like, I would have liked a little bit of like connection showing us that, but whatever. It's unfortunate cuz she goes to this yard and just starts singing the song. In the yard? Yeah, and it's just like, when you go from the big number on the stands and the like the outdoor cafeteria and the camera's moving and there's all these people and it's so choreographed to her just kind of standing on a lawn and just yeah. kind of like leaning against a pole. It's like, there's not a lot to look at right now. And like the it ends on her like putting a letter in a kiddie pool and like moving it around on his face. And yeah. it's like... 
I get what you're saying, but it's stupid. <laughs> it's a very good song, but yeah. the screenwriters did not give very good imagination to what she could have been doing. Because yeah, I they wonder, just say, I wonder if it says, goes in the backyard and sings. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Wanders left to right. I mean, there's another song that makes me feel like this as well. Mm-hmm. Um, the one in the drive-thru later. Uh, the drive-thru. It's where... The drive-in. The drive-in, yeah. Yeah. Not yeah. the drive-thru. Yeah. Um, so anyway, like basically she starts dating a jock and then John Travolta, there's this great extended sequence where John Travolta learns sports and he's bad at it because he always wants to beat up the people he's like fighting against or playing against. It's really fun. And then I also like Kaniki and Rizzo like hook up and have sex without a condom. And it's like that moment where she's just like, ah, fuck it. Screw it. It's like, ah, uh, <laughs> I'm sure a lot of children were made this way in high school. Uh, the The interesting thing about this movie is like Zuko is like, oh, Sandy, you know, I was just playing cool in front of the guys. Mm-hmm. And she's like, yeah, you're full of shit. And he's like, what, you're going to date the jock? She's like, sure. He's like, I can be a jock. And I'm like, Danny, maybe you're not getting the message. <laughs> yeah. he's Well, because he's like, I could run circles around those guys. And um, I think like... She, he thinks that she, he thinks she thinks he stands for nothing. Right. And so the way he's going to prove it is he's going to go stand for something. <laughs> and I, that like, something is sports. <laughs> this movie has these characters running circles around each other to prove things. I'm like, I don't think you guys need to do any of this. I think no, it's fine. <laughs> I think you could literally say, actually, you know what? I'll just go out with you and introduce you to my friends if that's okay with you. But I don't care because the opportunities it creates is wonderful. Right. So I'll take it. So yeah, he is bad at all sports except running because he can do that by himself. (laughs) Yeah. And And he's got a body for it. Mm. I want to go back to when we met uh, Danny Zuko at school, which is where his hips, like it's the first shot of him at school and it's just of his butt. Mm -hmm. And then it like pans up his body, Mm -hmm. but it's just like, dead ass mm-hmm. and um so then she sees him running and then he's like hey you know i run it's no big deal she's like okay i'm gonna dump the jock and i'm gonna go out with you he looked like a meathead yeah yeah he he wasn't me and he's also dancing with one of the teachers later so it's like uh. what's he good for <laughs> so they start going together yeah uh, go together i'm getting a good little 1950s call <laughs> i'm getting a little lost of what happens in between i think grease lightning happens at oh some yeah point. they get, get a the car. car and they start greasing the car up grease lightning was the centerpiece of our high school Ours production yeah. that was the big one go 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 yeah <laughs> but it's a great it's I think the movie's framing, uh, who's the director of this? Randall Kleiser. Randall Kleiser. I don't know what else he's done. He did The Blue Lagoon. Mm, also about young love. <sighs> little too young. <laughs> <laughs> but his framing with these characters is outstanding. Mm-hmm. Like there, there's a depth to his framing, especially for how wide the, the cinema is, or the uh, framing. The... Yeah. Because the grease lightning sequence, they start out in the high I've school, four. the high school garage, the and they're in their stupid, like high school clothes. They're in their monkey outfits, their yeah. grease monkey outfits. Yeah, and they uh, they but they end up 
like transforming into like this dream sequence when they're working on like the finished version of the car. Yeah, and they look hot. And they look yeah. great. They got and the the costuming's great because Danny Zuko's wearing black. Kaniki is wearing just a darker shade of gray, and the rest of the guys don't matter. They're yeah. all wearing like shiny gray. Yeah, and it's a lot of fun just uh, hijinks of dancing and running around yeah, and yeah. singing and Danny Zuko's doing the Elvis thing. Yeah. And, and that's They're like curling the front of the hair. Yeah, and that's what's fun about this movie is that they're just embracing all things 50s mm-hmm. and they're just not holding back. And no. it's like, let's do our Elvis thing now. Yeah, they're always like breaking out like combs yeah. and stuff like that. There's a moment where Danny takes some saran wrap and shimmies it across his crotch, uh, which I'm told is a uh, an homage or allusion to what people did for condoms when they were completely out of anything. And oh, that was sense. apparently a bigger thing in the Broadway show or so oh. I love the seventies told me on VH one 15 <laughs> years ago. So I'm just going to listen to that. Well, I think he's just, well, he's trying to very subtly say, Hey, Kaniki, <laughs> next time wrap up, you know, you know, contraceptive, okay, buddy. Yeah, like how Kaniki admits to having the same condom in his <laughs> wallet since he was young, and that's great because does that mean he was a virgin? I think a little. Yeah, I I just liked the brutal honesty he has with Rizzo. Yeah, that means they've got something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we also get a good sequence with Frenchie. Yeah. Where uh, she high school dropout or beauty school dropout? She was going to beauty school, but then she. It wasn't for her. So she she's dropping out. So mm-hmm. she has a dream sequence where, what's his name? I kept thinking Donny Osmond, but I know it's not that. Here. Frankie Avalon. Frankie Avalon is this teen angel, which again is another 50s like trope. This mm-hmm. this angel singing down to these women. And, it, and it, like the setup of this musical sequence feels so much more like a 1930s, 1940s musical. Yeah. Where it's like. You know, the big stairs come out and, you know, there's a bunch of people dancing around and it's, I mean, it's just really leaning into all the musical tropes. Yeah. But it's, it's it's still self-aware because like it has the, it has the T-Birds come down as these little angels, these birdie angels. Did you catch that Rizzo was there too with Marty? She was one of the other angels floating around the whole time. Oh, but it's hard to tell because they had those big right, hats on. Right, and they seem to be very aware. So, and the song is very aware of itself of a '70s movie going back to the '50s because he's like, the song is like, "You suck. You can't pass any class yeah. in beauty school. Go be a typist." He's like, "You can go. You can go type. This is what you can do as a woman. Go type." <laughs> or what does he say? He's like something a hooker. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, nobody's going to go to you because they'll make you look like a hooker or you'll make them look like a hooker. Yeah. And and he really just comes down and insults her the whole time. And <laughs> she's like and smiling minutes. at him. And it's I mean, it's it's pretty biting. Yeah. And I love her facial reaction. She's like, wait, is he is he is he being mean to me? me? No, no, it couldn't be. He's, he's the teen angel. Yeah. It, it's it's wonderful. It's one of my favorites. And I remember <laughs> I just want Danny Zuko to say every single one of these characters names. Teen. Angel, <laughs> Sandy. I I remember in our high school production. I'm going to call out the guy. I can't remember who it was, but I remember when we were doing this number. It was the matinee on Sunday, uh-huh. and the guy singing the Teen Angel song like skipped the middle of the entire song and did the big like. There was some kind of break, and then he did his big like thing, and our band leader was like, "Fuck." 
<laughs> she had to like get everyone to play the final note because he for was a stupid high school kid and just skipped over the bulk of the song. Oh no! <laughs> and we're <laughs> we made it all worse because we didn't know what note she wanted us to play, and sure. she was just like, "Final note," and we're like, "E Duh. F flat G sharp," <laughs> just like. <laughs> it was it, awful. I had a flub in that too, where um, it was the end of hand jive. And the, everybody did a dip at the end mm-hmm. on like different parts of the stage. For some reason, me and my partner, who I danced with the entire time, were in the center, dead center of the stage. Oh. And I did my dip, and it worked every single night, except for I think it might it might have been our Saturday night show. Like we finished on Sunday, but our last Saturday night show, when it seemed like everybody came, I dipped her. Her heel snapped. <laughs> And not like fit, not her body heel, but like on her shoe. Sure. Yeah. And uh, she like she went down way faster than I was ready for. And I dropped her. And it was just like I, you know, I picked her back up really quick. But it was like, oh, like at the end of hand jive, everything went perfect. And then, of course, I had to drop like the girl in the center of the stage. I felt so embarrassed. I think there is not. There's no such thing as a well, like a perfect high, high school, school musical or drama Except the movie. <laughs> or any theatrical production put on by high schoolers. No one has ever, has ever done it perfectly. No, that's very true. There's so, always something wrong. Yeah. Yeah. I have lots of other Grease stories that things went bad. Miscues and all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so the, the the set piece of the middle of the film is that there's going to be a big dance and National Bandstand is coming to do a live event mm-hmm. over at their school for some mm-hmm. reason because they're a school in los angeles and that's why <laughs> right but yeah no yeah because this precedes the uh the drive-in right uh yeah i don't know why but this movie always jumbles around for me yeah that i mean it's just like set piece to set piece yeah right? so yeah let's just talk about hand drive basically Kaniki gets mad at rizzo because they're mad at each other and it's that's right the drive-in must happen first no no because she's mad at danny zuko at the drive sandy's mad at danny zuko in the drive-in because he danced with the other girl no he didn't yeah yeah they're sitting there that's right he's like i said i'm sorry sandy i said i'm sorry so yeah so Oh, she gets mad at him at the the diner restaurant, and I never figured out what Rizzo? she was pissed. Yeah, Rizzo was pissed about something, but I wasn't sure what Kaniki did. Well, he he wanted her to pay for the meal, um, and like uh, I think she's mad at him just because she's missed her period, and we just don't know it yet. Oh, right. And yeah. um, so Kaniki like, gets a milkshake thrown in his face, and he. Uh, he's he's kind of a dirtbag, but well, not yeah, that bad. He like because he reaches over and he's like, maybe I'll just go out with Frenchie tonight, huh? And then Frenchie's like, what? What? <laughs> so everybody's on the rocks. Like, uh, there's there's this evil group of T birds called the Scorpions, which mm-hmm. I mean, obviously they're evil. They're based they're called on the scorpions. scorpions. Come on, and like, hey, we're gonna rumble. I'm like, man, we walked into an S. E. Hinton book. <laughs> I don't know what it is. The Outsiders. Oh, The Outsiders. Stay golden, pony boy. See, I've actually never read that book. My mom tried to get me to read it in high school. I don't know why I didn't. I I thought everyone had to read The Outsiders. That was the only Did you read it in I read class? it in seventh grade. Oh, well, it was required I went to pri- reading. I went to private school, so we didn't. No wonder your mom was like, oh, they're not going to teach you this 
book. You got to read it. You got to read about these gangs. Mm-hmm. But um, it, it like all the stuff going on with like, hey, we got to rumble with these cats. Like mm-hmm. that's all they all cold. It's very sharks and jets. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, warriors come out to play <laughs> okay so they they do the hand jive and it's full of hijinks and well okay there's we a meet lot. we meet troy donahue or whatever his name is um vince fontaine vince fontaine who's playing a, a radio dj yeah and holy shit is he completely inappropriate with <laughs> one of the high schoolers totally um and <laughs> i'll benefit the doubt Maybe she's an old senior. Maybe she's 18 years old as in a senior in high Funny school. Funny enough, she's the second youngest actor in this movie. Oh, God. <laughs> no, but she... So maybe that's why he thinks it's okay. I don't know. No, re- regardless, though, <laughs> he's like 40. Yeah. It's no. It's gross. Yeah, it's gross. And um, But Marty's like, hey, hunka hunka. And she's doing the like... And we're like, Pushing no, up the boobs no, thing. stop. And uh, it's just like this, this thing that like... Later, we we find out that she says he was trying to put an aspirin in my in my drink. Yeah, I was like, "What is is that a thing? What does that do?" No, no, I think I think she thought it was an aspirin, but he was trying to drug her. God. <laughs> so, so this movie at least knows what it's doing, I guess. Yeah. Um. But yeah, the hand jive. We got Danny and Sandy dancing up a storm. It's so good. It's amazing. Um. The I like, energy in this sequence. It's oh, amazing. Actually, Duty is my favorite in this. Duty is the one that goes with Frenchie. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he, I like him. Him and Frenchie's dancing is great, but it's basically a dance competition and it's, you know, being filmed and there's like butts being shown. It's just like, it's really good hijinks where you see, where you see this in other high school movies and it's like, good it, we're all being goofy. But mm-hmm. this one, like, it cuts together really well. Yeah. And the dancing again is amazing and we see John Travolta doing what John Travolta does. Yes. He's amazing. And everybody's a pretty good dancer. Like even the evil Scorpion guy who's yeah. with at he's with Rizzo because like basically after her and Kaniki get in a fight they switch partners. Right. Um and this is I mean this is where we also find out that whoever whoever Kaniki is going with used to go with Danny. And Danny has like a freak out where he's like swipes his hair back and forth. So he's walking back and forth like a matador. (laughs) He's like, oh, I'm way out of my skin. And Sandy's like, Danny, have you gone with this girl? It seems like you you might have had sex with her. That was more princess of Genovia. That was less Australian. Oh, I'm not trying to be Australian. (laughs) She just sounds like a princess. (laughs) She Um, is. She's a princess. And Danny's like, no way. I haven't done that. But it's obviously has. Yeah. And so anyway, they're they're the last two. And then all of a sudden, some weird rando comes out and sabotages it by gra- grabbing Sandy. And Danny's all alone. And so Cha-Cha comes out. Cha-Cha, and that's Starts dancing with him. And, and Danny's like, okay. And Cha-Cha's, she's good. So She's really good. But like, I think him and Sandy would have won. Yeah. Well, he's still won. Yeah. That's how good he is. I think... Chacha's good, too. So, at this point in time, we have these two characters separated, right? I want to talk about this moment Mm -hmm. where Sandy gets, like, foisted out for just a second. She could come right back and kick Chacha out, but the fact that, like, like she's dancing next to Danny, like, she's like, no, I'll just see how this plays out. Big mistake on her part. Just go get your man. just get back in there. Because Danny's like, I don't know, I guess I'll keep dancing. And on the other side of things, though, Danny... Go get your girl when she's stolen from you. What are you doing? Yeah, I saw the confusion in the like, 
oh, if I leave, I'm going to get disqualified. So I should probably stay up here so she can come back. I guess so. I think I think it's. I think they both messed up. I think they both messed up. You guys are messing up. You're letting your pride get in the way. Yeah. And so then they, him and Cha Cha are the winners. And so he's got a slow dance with Cha Cha, and Cha Cha's like, va va voom. And Danny does this like, pow. Yeah. <laughs> and he just like sticks his hand out, and he's like, yo, take my hand. And we're mm-hmm. like, whoa, like it's a power move. They've obviously danced before. Yeah. They have history. Mm-hmm. And it's nice. And then. Was it the T-Birds all did this? They all mooned the camera because it, all it's the goofy singing, ones, the it, chorus they're does, singing yeah. Blue Moon. Uh-huh. And I thought that's a classic high school goof. And the, the way that the principal <laughs> handles it later is she's like, We have pictures of you so-called mooners. And just because the pictures aren't of your faces doesn't mean we can't identify you. At this very moment, those pictures are on the way to Washington, where the FBI has experts in this type of identification. And it's pretty funny. That's such a, like, that captures the dumb dumbness of high school yeah, in a and good way so like we've watched a lot of high school movies in the past month but we've also seen in a lot general. of butts no. a lot of butts but i feel like greece somehow is a movie made in 1978 about 1958 somehow captures the essence of high school not in that moment but just like overall let me lay this on you this movie if we made it now would be about 2002 I am not okay with that. <laughs> I feel like we're just now starting to parse the 90s. Yeah. We really got into the 80s for the last 15 years. And yeah. now we're finally trying to figure out the 90s. But cinema, you're doing it wrong. Yeah. You're, everything's way too clean. They're like, look at this flannel. Isn't it nice? It's nice flannel. I ironed it. No, that's not what the 90s it's were. Gotta be Raggedy Ann. Uh, what was that uh, Brie Larson Captain Marvel, Miss Marvel, the marvelous Captain Marvel, Captain Marvel. Yeah, that's right set in the nineties. Yeah, did you see it? No, I still haven't seen it's it. It's weird. Like it's just like I know you're being a period piece, but this doesn't feel that old. But I know it's old. I, I think I think you need to lean harder into it. It, it has to be in like if you're making a period piece, it has to be in the hair. Has to be like really hard in the costumes it has to be in the cars smash mouth needs to make an appearance smash mouth needs to make an appearance somebody needs to be reading animorphs it like yes it all has to be there that's the yes. late 90s yes yes <laughs> yes 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 um and so uh, after the hand drive it all blows up because like danny and sandy go to the drive-in and she still likes him but she's mad at him he's like sandy i said i'm sorry and whatever let me apologize by copping a feel i'm like dude yeah, he, he he starts doing that thing where he like does the makeup. He does out. the over the shoulder boulder holder. Yeah, he goes in for it and she's like, no, Danny. And he reads that as, oh, Danny. <laughs> and then she like is like, gets out of the car and slams the door on his, his hard penis. <laughs> and it's a funny joke. And um, sorry to be so graphic. The movie's and graphic. The movie's graphic. Um, That's the other thing I like about this movie is that it's acknowledgement of sex feels just just right yeah it's doing it with like a really heavy wink they're like get it sex but yeah. it's like graceful enough yeah because like 16 candles were like oh no no <laughs> right and yeah 16 candles doubled down it's like like uh john or michael see, <laughs> anthony, Hall, michael anthony michael Hall. Hall. i want to say john michael Hall, Hall. comma anthony michael <laughs> he's like he does the same move yeah 
where he like leans over and is like, oh, you want to kiss now? I'm going to make out hard with you. Yeah. And like Danny stops immediately, though. Yeah. And he gets mad, but he stops at least. Yeah. And Anthony Michael Hall is like not as cool as Danny. Yeah. So he doesn't have the confidence. So he just keeps going. And he gets just super focused on the what they're what they're after but Greece is like Kaniki likes Rizzo and it's not like he needs to have sex with Rizzo no, they have a really cool they have a really complicated relationship because it's fiery and tempestuous but mm-hmm. they like each other a lot and so and speaking of her in the meantime her and Marty are in the bathroom and she's like Rizzo's like yeah I missed my period I'm so, preggers I'm pregnant and she you know everybody finds out and it makes their way to Kaniki and Kaniki like approaches her about it and he's like hey what's like, up what's up <laughs> and she's like don't worry it's not yours i'll see you later and i feel like she knows it's his but she's just doing that thing where she she she's doesn't pushing away she doesn't want somebody to like be with her just because yeah and especially if they're in the middle of fighting and then on top of that I don't think she's doing this, but it could also be read as like a test. Like, like I, I don't want you. And then if he come, like if he doesn't think it's his and he comes back anyway, that's how, you know, he's like a good dude. Oh, I hate those tests. I don't think that's what she's doing, but I've just seen it played that way in movies before. And it was kind of ambiguous. here. (laughs) So yeah, they blow up and then Danny goes, have his, has his song. He has a song, man. I like, this as a solitary song way more than hers just in its filmmaking because there is more there's more stuff going to on. play with I, you're right the song is dumb because it's sandy being like oh, sandy i love you but mm-hmm. you won't have sex with me what's <laughs> wrong and uh why, why, why don't you want to have sex <laughs> And but like especially the end shot of it's really good where mm-hmm. it ends with him singing in front of basically a hot dog going into a bun <laughs> it's very sexual it's great uh so other things that happen is the car gets made up there is a they rivalry the with the 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 toad looking man who's a scorpion and kaniki gets knocked out so of course danny has to be the one who does the race on the la river and sandy's coming to watch mm-hmm. and it's a good race right before the race Rizzo has her song. Oh, what's really an good song? Interpolation and inversion of the Sandra D song. Yeah, because she's saying like, I don't need anybody. Mm-hmm. Like they can say what they want, but at least I don't like lead people on. And it's just like she's kind of like just in defense of me. Yeah, and it's a very personal song. Yeah, it's, it's really good. good because she's like, hey, maybe don't slut shame me. Yeah, mm-hmm. you think you think, huh? Just you, you want to uh, cut that out, mm-hmm. uh, which is just great because we complain about this a lot in other poor high school movies but give us that spectrum of different characters yeah this has got a wide spectrum for sure because you have sandy and then you have rizzo and then you have all the other characters in between mm-hmm. and even sandy and rizzo get along other times not all the time yeah but they're still friends there's a really nice moment right before this song where sandy walks up to her and she's like hey if you want to talk or you want some help just like you know talk to me yeah and rizzo's like cool dude yeah which yeah. I don't know about you and your high school experience, but I was never around grudges. I thought you were going to say, I was never pregnant. (laughs) I wasn't around grudges to the point where people just would like be like, oh, I don't talk to them or anything like that. Or it's just like people are people in high school and 
it's very flux of how we relate to each other and where we're at. And I feel like other high school movies are like, oh, these people don't talk to these people. I'm like, I don't think that's true. Um, I think, I think there is separation in high school, but like, there's not a ton of, I didn't experience a ton of rivalry necessarily. Yeah. Maybe on the sports fields I did, but that's basically it. I actually did have like a little bit of rivalry in college, but that was just with like one person in particular. But I like how like the pink ladies, like, it's not like Mean Girls where it's like the pink ladies are diagonal adjacent to an other group. It's just the pink ladies are the pink ladies and they know the super popular girl who's the class oh, yeah. senator. She's, yeah, that's right. They're aware of her and it's not like there's this like very segmented they class prank warfare. Her, though. Yeah. Yeah. But it she kinda had to come into her. <laughs> well, I think it's it's more in the clueless camp is what you're saying. Yeah, and I yeah. really appreciate that about mm-hmm. this movie. It just feels as campy as this movie is, it feels real. That's true, but I also like you didn't get the idea that there were people that didn't talk to other people in this movie as much as you do in something like 10 things where, where I think that's also part of high school. I guess you had like Eugene getting picked on a whole bunch. Yeah. I guess was what took care of that. Poor Eugene. Uh, so she has her song. Uh, Danny does his little car race, which is fun and exciting. He wins, he wins the other car because they were driving for pinks. Yeah. Pink slips. Um, and Sandy's watching this and she has her little sad tear. She's like, I just want to make it work with Danny. She's and like, then she has be Sandra D anymore. And then she has this light bulb. And she's like, okay, I'm going to say goodbye to Sandra D. She goes to Frenchie. She's like, Frenchie, I've got this plan. You're really bad at making people up. <laughs> do me. I know you're a beauty school dropout, but I need you to do something for me. <laughs> so it's the end of the school year. I really like the principal's like fail farewell speech. <laughs> yeah, really like it's really good. She starts the crying. The school assistant with the bells like, do, 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 do. <laughs> She's like, stop. That's great. Um, and they go to this carnival, end of the year carnival. Let me ask you a question. Did I have an end of the year carnival? No. We Okay, we had an end of the year carnival at what? our school. Nothing like this. We had like a bounce castle and like they set up like a, a like an American Gladiator style like it was like a balance beam that you could like <laughs> knock people off of. Yeah. And then there were like a couple booths with food. Right. But that was it. Yeah. Nothing like this. I think uh, what you see here is it's they're obviously set in Los Angeles. Uh-huh. And so everyone's parents there must be like rich. Sure. Like all of them are like probably like they're the children of actors and musicians totally. and all that. Totally. Yeah. Which is why everyone breaks into song and dance because their parents do that for a living. And so the people who are their children, their like headcanon, would do the same as their parents sure. do mm-hmm. because it's in their blood. Mm-hmm. And that is the essence of Greece. <laughs> so they all dance. Then Sandy makes her entrance and she's, she's got all like big hair and she's, she's a got T-bird to the core, sexy man. leather on, which has got to be rough for like late May, early June in LA. It was, it was like leather, but it's like, 
We all know it's spandex. Uh, yeah, true. <laughs> it's hot regardless. Yeah. Um, and the tightest black pants you've ever seen. Yeah. And Danny is panting. We're panting. Everybody's panting because <laughs> yeah, she's like... very sexy. <laughs> like, like I like how much John Travolta puts 110% into this dance role. Like, yeah. it's so good. And she's all, tell me about it, stud. Yeah. And, and then they have their dance. And, and they are the one that they want. You're the one I want? <laughs> no, so I like that song. I don't like where it ends up. The the last song, the right because you have such a hard time singing all those syllables. Well, there's that, but I just think it it is a it's. I know what the movie's doing because it's like the two of them fall in love, right? And that's like the end song where they like get together, and he's willing to be a jock for her and be cleaned up and stuff, and she's willing to get you know down and dirty with him, and they're like, all right, we're together now. Mm -hmm. Then the movie ends on. Um, we're going to be together forever. Oh, look! All the gang's together! Well, what are we going to do after graduation? Yeah! Maybe we'll never see each other again. No, that'll never happen. How do you know? What do you mean, how do I know? You know, we'll always <laughs> be together. Kaneki's like, oh, man, are, is that true? Are we never going to see each other again? And Zuka's like, nah, man, we'll be friends forever. I'm like... Oh, my brothers and sisters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the movie knows this. Um, and oh, also, Stalker Channing's not pregnant. Her and Kaneki get together, mm -hmm. and they're both very happy about that. But the it's it's a fun end song. It's got a lot of high energy. It's a bunch of dancing. I think it goes on a little long for me. And it's, it's very bright and very shiny. It's a bit much. And it's then they get much. into a car, and they go into... I like the drive off into the sky. They drive off into heaven. Yeah. I guess. <laughs> sure. Uh, you know what it reminds me of is the end of it's like the opposite tone, but the same feeling as um, uh, Mrs. Robinson. Why can't I think of the movie? The Graduate. Name? The Graduate. Think about it. Okay. This movie is saying we'll always be together and all these people are so happy and then you drive off into the sky but the movie knows like these people are not always going to be together right no, it's a fantasy. and but you have these two people driving off together so happy and it's like a false feeling of happily ever after mm -hmm. that's only going to last for right now right and so I think that's you bringing that to the movie I don't think the movie has that there No I think the movie knows that these people all think they're going to be together but won't be I don't think the movie knows the won't be part. I don't think it's acknowledging the won't be part. I think it's I just really... saying, like, let's just not worry about that right now and just sing a happy song and go off into the sky and not think about the future. You might be right, but I really do think the movie in these guys, in, in that line from Zuko to Kaniki, and it's like, no, we'll always be together. Mm -hmm. I think it's acknowledging the hubris of that. I think you're acknowledging the hubris in that. Okay. I don't think the movie wants to acknowledge it. But okay. two but, two reads. But with make your with pick. the graduate, they're like you know that's definitely in the graduate, right? Obviously, it's, but it's much more like uh, it's plain on the face because oh, they yeah. like are running away together. Then they're like, what have oh, we done? Um, and so I I like that it was like the two main characters riding away together. Yeah. So she watches Zuko in a race and she decides I'm going to look like a T-bird. Uh and Danny was like, "Yo, I lettered in track and I'm wearing my letter jacket and mm -hmm. I don't care who knows that. I don't need to look like a cool T-bird all the time." Yeah. And Sandy's like, "Check it out. I'm hot now." And he's like, "Oh my god, you're hot now. Everything's fine." 
I don't know what the movie's trying to say with these characters doing these transformations and her showing up as a T bird. I I understand that she's saying I don't have to be like square, perfect, Sandra D all the time. And he's saying I don't have to be cool all the time. Yeah, and I'm just like I don't know what clothes you're gonna wear tomorrow. Like I'm I'm honestly wondering what who you who you'll be the next day. I think they're gonna go shopping together (laughs) and they're gonna buy all new wardrobes. Yeah. Like he had to take off his his Letterman sweater though, which I like the Letterman sweater much more than the Letterman jacket. Yeah, it's way cooler. Um, but he had to take it off because they were about to dance. That was gonna be way too hot. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, and I know that my mother in law hates Greece because of the ending. She's like, Sandy changed only for Danny, and Danny didn't change at all. I'm That's like, not true. Earlier in the movie, all it does he- look that way though. I'll give her that credit. It looks that way. It's not true, but it looks that way. I, I think they both change for each other. Like yeah. earlier in the movie, he goes and becomes a jock just to show her that he's like not a above these people right like i mean he's proving that he can do what they do but then he keeps with it and letters in track mm-hmm. apparently and then he's like literally tells someone right before she comes down like when they're making fun of him he's like whatever i want sandy to like me so i'm gonna do this mm-hmm. and then she comes and does the same thing so she didn't have to do a thing i mean honestly she could have just gone to danny and be like yo sorry we had a weird night at the drive-in totally she could have but I think the the idea of meeting your partner halfway mm-hmm. is what makes a beautiful relationship. So I think the relationship would have... I think if Danny's the one who changes and Olivia Newton-John's like, I'm good being me. Come be with me. <laughs> I think it's less of a good relationship. Well, I think we meet them before, high sc- the, before their year of high school. Mm-hmm. And they're on the beach and there's no pretense. They just are who they are with each other. Sure. They're just pure with one another. Mm-hmm. Sandy is Sandy, Danny is Danny, and he's the one who most puts on a an act while he's at school. Maybe, but like also maybe he was putting on a little bit of an act on the beach too because See, I don't, this, he I had didn't, this nice girl. I didn't get enough of that that beach Danny. Like who is the real Danny? I think is a good question. Who is Beach Danny? <laughs> who is Beach Danny? I'm honestly curious cuz like we know that he's putting on a front for the boys, but how much of that is a front and well, how much of I that is real? I don't necessarily know if it's totally a front either. I think that's just another facet of his personality. I think he likes being cool. I think he likes like riding around in cars and he, he likes just hanging out. Yeah. Like I just think those are two different parts of his personality and he doesn't know how to combine them. Right. And at the end, with the fact that he's wearing black pants and a black shirt, he just puts this thing over top of it he's like this is just an added part of my personality yeah and i'm combining those and olivia newton john is like she's changed her hair and stuff and but she's like you know you know you better shape up Mm -hmm. because i need a man and she's like not taking any shit from him either i don't know it feels it feels very (laughs) equal to me like i said at the beginning of the episode i don't care (laughs) i had a great time so it doesn't matter yeah yeah so what's your what's your out of five Get a solid four out of five. I land in there as well. Mm-hmm. Four out of five. Like I wouldn't change a thing, but it's also not perfect. But who cares? Yeah, yeah. That, it's kind of how I feel too. Yeah, yeah. On on your list of musicals, does it rank like in the top twenty? I'm. I definitely am giving it much more value. Like if you asked me before I rewatched it, it'd be like, uh, yeah, it's good. But now I'm like, no, it is solid. It is a great musical. I still prefer the fifties 
movies actually made in the 50s, the Gene Kelly ones, but this is definitely like after my favorite ones, this is tops. So where top 10? Um uh, sure. Yeah. Eh, top 20. Okay. okay. Safely in the top 20. Safely. Oh, come on. I can run circles around those jerks. This is in your top 20 musicals. I think look, I really like it a lot. I like a lot of musicals. Mm-hmm. I think it's really good. It's probably in the teens somewhere. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Yeah. It's cool. It's cool. Okay. Hey, it's oh. cool. Cool. Well, I'm going to bring us to Trope Talk and we're going to cruise on. In your through. cool car? Yeah. Welcome to Trope Talk, which is not like J.K. Simmons talk because this is my tempo. <laughs> not quite my tempo. It's all good. No worries. Here we go. So, what are we talking about today, Ryan? Trope is musicals. This is a musical. Genre, trope, what's the difference? Mm-hmm. We're talking musicals today. What does the musical bring to the rom-com? Mm. Well, I think there is no way that you could make this movie as sincere as it is or as cutting as it is without the musical aspect <laughs> if you're making a movie about the 50s and the 70s. If all the songs were cut... Oh my God, would I never watch this movie? No, it would just be <laughs> a very bland <sighs> comedy. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's something about, like, like, let's say we had the scene with uh, Summer Lovin', mm-hmm. right? Except it's not the musical. It's just we get these two groups of people talking about how the summer was, but one person saying it one way, one person saying it another way. You would have to do everything differently. There'd have to be like a whole new level of witticisms of like playing, mm-hmm. doing wordplay where she says one thing and then he inverts it into a different thing, mm-hmm. but it's like this playback of it. And I honestly think if without the musical, it would make the plot and John Travolta a lot darker. Yeah. Because there's something about the musical that brings a sense of vulnerability. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're singing, inevitably you're going to talk about your feelings. And when you're singing your feelings, there's no wall between us and you. Yeah. Whereas, like, you know, there are many characters who are closed off in films. And part of the the beauty is kind of, like, trying to see where the chinks in their armor is. Yeah. Like, what are you hiding from us? Zuko's not hiding anything from us in this movie. Yeah. He's trying to put on a mask but we see it bald-faced it's like the uh, soliloquy shakespeare but you I... sing it <laughs> sorry <laughs> so you're saying sorry say what you mean well just just instead of characters just speaking to the audience and saying directly what they're feeling yeah they have a song right and the song gets to be in whatever poetical mood that you want to put it in and i'm I'm not going to say much prefer, but a song can be a lot more informing than a soliloquy would be, because that's just saying, I feel like trash. It's like, good for you. But if you have a song about feeling like you're trash, then there's a whole number to it. Yes, exactly. (laughs) There's something about music that just cuts to the heart, Mm -hmm. right? There's a great quote from Patrick Rothfuss, your favorite author, Mm -hmm. and it goes like this. Words have to find a man's mind before they can touch his heart. And some men's minds are woefully small targets. Music, however, touches their hearts directly, no matter how small or stubborn the mind of the man is who listens. Mm -hmm. And there's something about this musical and most musicals, especially when it comes to romance, where 
you know, you can say a million things to someone, but there's always something left out. There's always some subtext. There's, there's, I don't know, there's like feelings not being told, but in a musical, I feel like it's always on the table. Yeah. Right. Consider the end of Summer Lovin' where they're doing their duet and it's just them acapella mm-hmm. and he's looking out to the sky and she's like this big head that's in the sky. Yeah, totally. <laughs> and they do this uh, thing mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and like the this moment we just feel they're like, oh man, this love was so good. I wish we could have more of it. And you just, you feel it. You don't understand it. You're feeling it. Yeah. Well, you do understand it. You understand it too. But because you feel it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's the the performance and the song aspect that they're communicating that stuff to us. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, I mean, I don't know if there's a lot more to say about this. It's just that romance is so much easier to be felt than to be told about. Mm -hmm. And music is like the conduit that most carries feelings. It is interesting that they don't have a number between just them with them going, wow, we're together and this is awesome. That's, we go together like shubit That's all, that's the whole ensemble. Like, there's always this... Well, well, no, I mean, the, the song that they sing right before it gets into the ensemble part of that song, it's like... That's at the very end. I know. I want a middle piece, because, like... Of them being in love? Yeah, because Singing in the Rain has a nice ballad between the two lovers yeah, in American Paris. Uh, American Paris doesn't, because he doesn't even, like, get with her until the final, like, big dance thing. There's yeah. there's when they dance by the, the river. But all the Fred Astaire movies... There's always a lot of dances between him and the lady that he's he's supping mm-hmm. um, with Ginger, and it's a dance or, number, and he's singing, and it's always like, um, what's that song he sings in, in American Something yeah. happens when you're dancing. <laughs> but there's always a nice little number that's like, ah, uh, I'm in love, hey, they're that's in holiday. love. No, that's, well, that's one White Christmas. Anyway. But we're in love, they're in love, we're loving them being in love. I don't really get that in this movie. I'm not complaining, but I wish they had an opportunity for us to like us to soak in that the feeling. Way, the way you could have done that is at the um at the at the at the prom, at the dance. Yeah. Give us a song just for them. Yeah, that might have been nice. I I think maybe I don't think I wanted to see them like get over their hump totally in the middle of this movie. Mhm. And but I would have liked. Remember when they go to the malt shop? Yeah, and he's hiding from everyone. I would have loved it if they had like a back and forth right there, where their song was her trying to get him not to hide. Yeah, and then um, at the end he's like, "Okay, no more hiding," and he like throws it away. Yeah, it is interesting that they don't take a really formulaic approach to their relationship because it's like. It's kind of whatever. Like they don't find their like rhythm until mm-hmm. the very end of the mm-hmm. movie because it's like she's a little bit mad, but not so mad. But they're now, Luke and Laura lying all over the place. Yeah, yeah, and then it's like then when they go together, like shubalubadubadubadubadubadubadubadubadubadubadubadubadubadubadubadubadubadubadubadubadubadubadubadubadubadubadubadubadubadubadubadubadubadubadubadubadubadubadubadubadubadubadubadubadubadubadubadubadub
we are seeing the ascendance of EZA continue. Mm-hmm. It's it's 2010's edition. This means war, EZA, train wreck, and Edge of Seventeen, and the voters are voting for EZA. Yeah, and for those of you who are just joining us today, basically this is what determines what we watch at the end of the month. If you're mm-hmm. a patron, you can choose what we watch. Mm-hmm. And, you know, not everybody's voted yet. And if you come over to the Patreon, there's still time to change this. You yeah. want to you wanna watch Edge of 17? You want to watch Trainwreck? Come on. I, I Push know, him over the edge. I know personally Kelly's kind of sad because he really likes Edge of 17. I really want to watch it at some point in time. Yeah. It's never going to happen. It'll, it'll happen. Uh, uh, so that's that's the, the movie of the month. Um, essays. Uh, Kelly has a Kelly Kapowski. Uh, it's not so much an essay as it is a very well documented criticism of her second album that came out in 1993. 1993, yes. So uh, her sophomore attempt. You want to check good. that out. Yeah. Um, I also have a new essay out. And what did we say that it was going to be? My issue with issues movies. Yes. Um, uh, yeah. If you want to know what that means, <laughs> go to the patron. <laughs> and um, I mean, besides that, we've got a bunch of other like bonus episodes. Mm-hmm. And this month, Inevitably, probably it'll be out soon, if not now, when you're listening to this. We'll, speed. we'll have speed. 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 Uh, with, with, with a Keanu and a Sandy. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, that's over at patreon.com slash romcom gents. And go check that out. Go also rate it and review us on, you know, iTunes and stuff. I know everybody says it, but it's really good and it would really help us out. It really does. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, you're on your phone right now. Just look. Little, You're already little, looking little at your phone. You're looking at Instagram, but you know, just flip apps for a second. Okay, Kelly. Uh, I'm happy to report that this week I have some letters for you. Oh yay! Hey Flo, huh? Mail come. Got mail for you. Oh Pete, you got mail. You sent me a letter. You got mail. Okay, I got this letter on Instagram from the Heart of Reviews, uh, Hallmark Instagram. So if you're into Hallmark movies. Oh, uh, okay. Check that out, especially the Hallmarkies, which we will be guesting on next Hallmarkies. week. Hallmarkies. Hey, Rachel. Uh, she pointed out something very interesting. I'm going to basically sum up what she said. Okay. Um, she basically points out this double standard that with men pursuing women, it's it's romantic because they're pursuing women. Mm-hmm. They're, 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 they're doing the chase. Like in 10 Things I Hate About You, Cameron says, I burn, I pine, I perish. Mm-hmm. And we make fun of a li- him a little, but he is really, really into Bianca. Mm-hmm. And we're like, uh, it's sweet, it's so romantic. Mm-hmm. Um, but she points out, and I think she's absolutely correct, Hollywood movies don't really depict women as this pursuing men, because if they did, they would be accused of being stalkerish or obsessive or clingy is is uh, an adjective that's you know used all the time and we don't really see it done like romantically mm-hmm. as much as we see it done like obsessively was was this um in reference to any of the movies that we had watched or did she just she like- said that she was watching how do you know with Reese Witherspoon and um uh wow uh, you know, wow, guy. Owen Wilson. Owen Wilson, and she—it wasn't a woman; it was him being obsessive too. 
Um, and James Marsden in 27 Dresses was writing his name and meetings in all in her planner every every like day. Mm-hmm. He's like, and all she has all these things of like men being more than pursuant, mm-hmm. a little obsessive, but we mm-hmm. never really call them obsessive. We just call them romantic. And, I mean, yeah. I mean, we do. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. But the like the Hollywood complex is like we got to show men, you know, going being on the chase mm-hmm. and like really pursuing the girl and we don't get that opportunity much for women and the one the one female character i could think about was marianne in sense and sensibility whoa I, that's not where i thought you were gonna go um but honestly i've really come around to appreciating her as a character because she's very see i almost said obsessed with willoughby She's not obsessed, but she's very much enamored. She's infatuated. She's very infatuated with Willoughby. We know later on that that's not a good thing. But Willoughby is pursuant of her Too. equally so. If not, I mean, because of society only so, because he has to be the one that pursues her. Right. But she, especially for Austin heroines, out of all of them, is the most like... Gung-ho for, romantic. Yeah, yeah. Her feelings are on her sleeve. We mm-hmm. know she's really really into willoughby Mm -hmm. um but other than that i can't think of any character female characters that we like seeing them be very infatuated with other characters and that we like wait 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 that that we do you mean that that are our heroes okay sorry i thought you were saying i don't know any characters that we like doing that uh i just don't see them You, you don't see them i got you um i think they definitely exist. They should exist more. And I think they're existing more these days. I think yeah. the reason why that trend existed was from a patriarchal society mm-hmm. dominating our society for a very long time. But I do think that more and more I'm seeing more female characters go after other people. Such as? I think it's happening more in um, TV these days. And generally, it's young people. Continue. Do you have specific examples? Um, goodness. <laughs> I think that proves the point that we don't have it at hand. And like Sandra Bullock in While You Were Sleeping is a little infatuated with Eyebrows Man. Mm-hmm. But that's not even the guy she ends up with. Um, but she's also not stalkerish because, stalkerish because she doesn't do anything about it. She just kind of sits there. And sits with it. Okay. Think about, uh, I'm just thinking about our recent movies and Mm -hmm. these are not main characters. So I'm not saying that this is happening all the time or anything, but think of mystic pizza. Mm -hmm. Okay. So the young sister in that is the one kind of doing the pursuing, even though it's of an older guy that is not necessarily available. She is the one, being far more pursuant in that relationship. And that's the rockiest relationship in the movie. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's the trixiest where it's like, Ooh, you are in some choppy water. Trixie hobbits. Trixie. Like it's very choppy. Whereas Julia Speaking Roberts. Speaking of Trixie hobbits, Eowyn definitely goes after <laughs> Aragorn, but does not, Aragorn does not get like, him. Nah, nah, nah. But I think we need to see that. I think the only way to break the like cliche of, women pursuing men and not being labeled clingy or obsessive mm-hmm. is just show more of it. Oh yeah. Obviously this needs to happen way more. Yeah. So good pull. Good, good catch. Good find. Have you, have you ever written a story akin to that? 
No, man. No. I've got two oh, under my go. belt. So we so just got to make those movies. And we, we will, just need that to happen. The revolution will begin. Anybody have anywhere between 500000 to $5 million that they just want to bring over here? Come at us. Come at us. Um, well, speaking of golden ducats and all those things oh, that you're looking for. Ducats. I want them. I need to know what you're going to award your golden sword. A blessing from the Lord. God be praised. The golden sword. Wouldn't it be cool if ducats were actually in the shape of small gold ducks? Are they not? No, they're like, I think they're just like, they're like squares. Damn. Yeah. Um, But the gold sword in this movie is going to Danny Zuko's butt (laughs) because it's a good butt and it deserves a sword. That's all Uh, I got to say about that. Okay. Sure. It's good butt. Good butt. (laughs) Okay. Um, I'm going to give it to the tone of this movie Mm -hmm. and somehow all the characters never feeling ridiculous or absurd Mm -hmm. like the movie just kind of has this like everyone's like hey what are you talking about danny and i'm like yeah i believe you yeah and i think it's because people call him out for it like as soon as sunny's like i'm not gonna take any crap anymore you know i'm a tough guy and they're all like yeah yeah and then he gets cut down by the principal right afterwards yeah. like she takes a golden sword to his pride and says <laughs> yeah die <laughs> so yeah somehow them never feeling unbelievable to me where like there's a lot like i feel like kissing booth was trying to like be really buoyant and i'm like I don't buy the tone that you guys are going for. It just doesn't feel right. It no. never felt. It never that, felt. That right. was not what I got from that movie. But like, <laughs> you had other different problems. Yeah, yeah. But like, I didn't buy the. That's world. a weird. That's a weird pull. This is a very different movie from that. I'm just movie. thinking about other high school movies that are trying to go for a tone. I Be- didn't think that movie was going for a tone. Oh, I certainly did. Oh, okay. Like, there's just a lot of sequences where they're, like, she has her, like, weird thing in the locker room. I don't know. Okay. It's got a weird tone to it, and I don't think it ever totally works. But you're saying you like something with a strong tone? No, I'm saying I'm surprised that that this film had such a strong tone, it easily could have fallen apart, mm-hmm. but it never does. It believed in itself enough so well. not to. Yeah. Yeah. So good for them. Okay. Very good. Well... Ryan, I believe that this movie deserves a couple rom-com Oscars! He's back! He's back! His voice is back! You woke up my son. That's fine. He deserves it. Um, uh, best songs, motherfucker. Marry me. <laughs> Sorry, I was just thinking about you a character it. being pursuant. Uh, sh- what? Is Herp? she pursuing so, so she she proposes to him and he's like okay whatever and they're both like whatever yeah and then towards the end i feel like well she, she chases him down she chases so him like that yeah. yeah that's not enough though no no definitely not enough i'm yeah. just trying to I need more. i'm trying to pick and pull more uh so yeah best songs best songs easy yeah really good songs easy a <laughs> easy a 
Uh, you got an easy A plus with this Oscar. Uh, this movie's got good choreography, but I, if I see another musical, it might have better choreography. It wasn't choreography wasn't my favorite thing they about this movie. Choreography. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I did, I did really like the shot composition. Mm-hmm. The shot composition was. I think bar none, some of my favorite of the entire year. So I'm going to give it to, like, I guess best staging. Yeah. Yeah. And like, it, really, it could be like best cinematography, but I'm going to give it best staging. No one here is doing anything better than Gene Kelly or Fred Astaire or. Dance wise, you mean? Yeah. No yeah. one's doing anything like that. And the choreography is not doing anything sophisticated like the Red Shoes or. Or, or, you know, the ballet at the end of An American in Paris. None of that's here. It's still good. Yeah. Yeah. But the reason why this pulls off so well is that we have really good ensemble dancing, and mm-hmm. it's lensed really, really, really well. It's lensed well. really well, yeah. So, way to go. Yeah. Um, well, brings us to the time. You got to know. Got to tell me. Who'd you fall in love with? Are there any circumstances in which uh, the two of you might be more than just good friends. The truth of it is, I loved you from the first second I met you. But mostly I hate the way I don't hate you. Not even close. Not even a little bit. Not even at all. You have bewitched me, body and soul. And I love, I love, I love you. I know. Well, who, who are you going to fall in love with? I'm throwing it back in your face like a pie at okay. a at a coach. Who's the flirt? Marty. Going with Marty. Oh yeah. We're tell have tell a, me. We're gonna why. have a good time. Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> Frenchie, it's Frenchie or Marty, and who would you fall in love with, Ryan? That's the question here. I think I'd be really, really good friends with Frenchie, but Marty, there's gonna be a spark. Okay. I see Marty as having very little personality. Shut up. That's my lady. Okay, that's your vote. That's fine. Um, honestly, I was going to go with Jan just because she's a bunch of fun. Mm-hmm. But I think I'm going to go with Sandra D. Okay. I see that she has the ability to kind of evolve as a person and look inward. Mm-hmm. And I think she's also very nice. And I like how she like approaches Rizzo at the end. And is like, hey, girl, I know you've not been super nice to me, but <laughs> you know, I'm here. And... Good dancing, cute butt, mm. which goes very well with Danny's. Mm-hmm. Some good butts out there. Good butts out there in this movie. So I'm going to go with Sandra D. I didn't think I was going to say it, but I'm going to. Cool. Yeah. Well, that's Grease, everybody. Grease Lightning! John Travolta, we love you. I was thinking about giving John Travolta like best actor. Yeah. yeah that was that was cl- a close second act. Uh, good Oscar. stuff. I will say I got a little... A little emotional when Sandy's looking back in the car and waving goodbye to everybody. And since she passed away this month, yeah, I felt pretty wistful about her, who I don't really think about a ton because I just care about Greece and I don't care about her solo career. And I am not a fan of I haven't seen Xanadu. So, oh, you mean her solo music career? Yeah. As as uh, compared to like her ensemble music career in this movie, <laughs> yeah. When she was touring with the Rolling Stones, I didn't really bother sure. to take a listen. But I did, I did feel that. And yeah, it was sad. Yeah, here, let's pour one out for Olivia Newton-John. It's my water bottle pouring one out. ONJ. <laughs> let's pick next week's movie. Give me a number between one and one sixty-three. Fifty-eight. Okay, I'm gonna throw this to you. 
Okay. I'm going to let you decide. Okay. Are there two movies? There are got to be dozens. Oh. It's Romeo and Juliet. Oh, wait, does Ryan, this is very important. In the little square that you're looking at, yeah. is it Romeo and Juliet or Romeo plus Juliet? I'm going to do a little I'm going to do a little search. It's definitively not Romeo plus Juliet. That is a different entry. This is Romeo and Juliet. Oh, so boy. this could be the classic Franco Zeffirelli production. Okay. That's like 1950s? Mm-hmm. Okay. Or, or I think 60s. Or whatever you want. You get to pick I mean, any edition of Romeo and Juliet. I don't know any other film versions. Well, we're going to be watching a Romeo and Juliet. Well, no, the people need to know. <laughs> They'll know. No, they won't. We have to tell them. Let's just think about this for a second. There's Romeo Must Die. Mm. There's Tromeo and Juliet. There's Shakespeare in Love. There's one where a girl wears a, has a soccer ball in her hand. I think if it's if it's definitively not Romeo plus Juliet, we have to go with the 50s one. Well, this is 68, but let's go with the Zeffirelli. Yeah. Because this, this one is probably the most like classic version of the movie iconic iconic so it's franco zeffirelli's production of william shakespeare's play romeo and juliet starring leonard whiting and olivia hussey not a rom-com i'm just gonna call it right here i i just have a suspicion that this one's not (laughs) a rom-com but more a romance maybe a rom trage yeah so for the rom trage of a lifetime check us out next week Kelly, I love you so much that I would boogity do boogity 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 shooby doo wop shebop shanananana yippity dip da doom rama lama lama kadinga da dinga dong shoebop sha wada wada yippity boom da boom chang chang changity shang a bop dip da dip da dip doop doopa whoa whoa yeah the chicks of cream <laughs> for, Grace all of, Lightning. for all of that scatting Bye. <laughs> and this is where we will say goodbye Ryan and Kelly must bid you adieu thank you for listening to our review Subscribe, we'll even take a bribe So see you next week on the Gentleman's Guide To rom-coms Look at me, I'm Sandra Dean I need sleep so bad